Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Rachel. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague Podcast this week. We have a word. What is that word, Rachel? Creativity. (laughs) That is the word. You are correct. You say that with such gusto. (laughs) And so, when we talk about creativity, what is the first thing that comes to mind? You, as a a teacher, now turned jewelry maker, what what do you think about? Pass. You, you 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 can't you can't pass on on interview style questions. Are you going to pass on every question? No, it's I plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean about creativity? Creativity. So I've always been called like I, that. People have always said that I'm really creative, but it, I don't think that I've ever seen myself as like an artist. This job that I have, I wrote down. I've never felt more validated uh-huh. in my creativity. And like believing it, like I know I am creative. Right. And it's just, you know, during COVID, there was all kinds of things that I started doing like with yarn and Mm -hmm. just like all different kinds of like art forms. Just experimenting. Mm -hmm. Sketching. Mm -hmm. It was so, it was so much fun to have the freedom to be able to do that at home whenever. Right. Um, But it's also such a complex meaning. Something like what you were doing, like you were a teacher before, right? Mm -hmm. Did you get to use your creativity there as a as a teacher? Was was there an opportunity for being creative in that environment? Or now that you do this jewelry making, is that something that you find is a more creative sort of outlet for you? Teaching I had to be I had to be creative in completely different, less exciting ways. Okay. So it's not artistically. Right. But I had to be creative in my lesson plans mm-hmm. and in the way that planning out the week and how like incentives and, and rewards for students on good behavior, extra credit type stuff, being creative as a teacher, it can only go so far. And it was more just like exhausting. Right. Now it's like, it's amazing. I right. have the dream job. This is a, an incredible thing. I'm getting paid to use my own creativity to make things for people and right. and it's has been nonstop business since the business started. Yeah. And, and do you wanna do you wanna tell the the listeners what, sure. what the what the business is and the within the website and all that? So my business is called Body by Frost. Mm-hmm. It is a jewelry and accessory business. My medium is polymer clay and my style or theme is body parts. Okay. Boobs, butts, weens. The The whole start of this was just like a, a viral TikTok video. Okay. I made a video in December. I needed. I bought some cooking clay to make some earrings for my sisters and my family for Christmas. Right. I didn't have any money. Uh-huh. Um, I was unemployed for six months. And like everyone's getting a homemade Christmas this year. Like that's, that's going to be it. Right. And so I was like, I made a pair of eggs and then I made a flower... Um, and then I just started dicking around with the clay, like and literally, literally. And it was just so funny because at the time I was sitting next to my, at the time she was four year old, my four year old soon to be stepdaughter. Uh-huh. And so I was like, kind of like hiding it. But I was like, my God, that looks like a dick. Right. Like I just made a really cool, like lime green looking penis. And then I made a, cu- a pair of tits and then I made a butt and I made the butt so anatomically correct. I was like blowing myself away. Just looking underneath. Like, I don't know where it came from, but there were right. a few nights 
before I made the video that I had had those made and they were on this countertop in my kitchen and every, I had them lined up and I couldn't stop staring at them. <laughs> and I texted my sisters and I was like, would anybody wear this? And they were like, no, because right. like but, my one sister is a lawyer and one's like in an engineer and like, right. Right. Like, you know, so no, I can't have a penis hanging from my ear. And so I was like, mm, maybe a keychain or something like that or a pin. And so then I made that video because it was like a trend at the time to say like, tell me, tell me you're mentally unstable without telling me you're mentally unstable. And then you just did a whole thing of and your so jewelry? I just did that. And yeah. And so I posted it at like 9am and by noon it had reached a million views. Oh, wow. It was comments like, oh, it started an Etsy shop, like you know whatever so i started an etsy shop by mm -hmm. noon i was at michael's like buying more clay right and getting everything set up and i made gosh i did the math i i made like over a hundred sales in the oh, first wow. day yeah wow. it was crazy and we just like set the inventory to unlimited right. because we're like i can just make it i can just make it all right i didn't think right. that that many people were going to place orders but you're you're <laughs> getting orders all the time now yeah? all the time yeah yeah so anyways, Body by Frost is the business. Uh -huh. I usually, I make mostly earrings and keychains. Okay. But I have, I make necklaces, keychains, pins, magnets, earrings, gauged earring parts, as well as shoe decorations that go on Crocs. I can't, I can't okay. use the word. Do you know what those things are called? The plugs that go in Crocs? No, I don't know what they're called. They're called gibbets. Gibbets. J-I-B-B-I-T-Z. Okay. Do you, do you know why they're called gibbets? No. Is, is gibbets a fun word to say? Well, it really is fun for my business because I was thinking like, because people were asking if I could make little tiny clay things for gibbets to go on Crocs. Right. And so I called it gibbets on my Etsy and then Crocs like sent me an email that was like, you can't use our word. Okay. Our, our that's like trademark. Right. So, so can you like misspell it like you, like well, you do with vegetarian <laughs> stuff? Yeah. And, and I was going to call them jizbits uh -huh. or cocks for crocs. Okay. But instead I just went with shoe decorations. Oh, okay. So not many people buy them, but it's so much fun. What about butt plugs? <laughs> oh my God. I can make butt plug earrings. Right. Right. Oh, that would be so easy. Right. Well, I was thinking more Thank for, you the, for the idea. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm. I am under creativity. I have been told blood. that I am creative sometimes. Uh, there's also, I think, a distinction when people say creativity versus artistic. Right. Mm -hmm. Artistic is more about how you utilize skills that you learn. Whereas creativity, it's sort of unknown. It's where it comes from, right? It's sort mm -hmm. of spontaneous. And I think that if you're creative, the artistic part can be learned, but the creative part is something that's difficult to learn, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with that. People that try to come up with the ideas for me, for my business, like my mom will often like give ideas. Right. And I love them, but they have nothing to do with like my general business approach. Like she could be like, you can make just flowers. Right. Like just what you're flowers. inspired by is also another yeah. one of those things too. It's right. just kind of like, it's not where you're, you're passionate about yeah. or it's not doesn't fit your model right? yeah i guess that, that wasn't really a good example of the difference between artistic and creativity but some people just like 
not to sound rude or anything, but I feel like some people just don't have that. They don't have like the capacity to come up with like lots of different ideas or to mm-hmm. be like overly creative. Right. Some people just kind of go like right down the middle and right. I don't know. Do you think it's a, it's something that we kind of uh, self-impose? We sort of stifle our own creativity because we want to be normal and, and there's mm-hmm. sort of an association of if you're creative, there's something different. Right. right? Yeah. I think that might be a reason why people kind of stifle their own creativity is because there's a negative connotation, yeah. possibly. And, and I mean, I don't know. Like fear of judgment and fear right. of negative criticism and right. of of not getting the validation that you're seeking and showing other people your art. Mm. Like my sister, she went to, she got her bachelor's in printmaking and lithography at uh-huh. U of A. Yeah. Um, and my mom and I, I just moved back in with my parents. So we were cleaning out the closet and there was so much of her art and we were going through all the prints to make sure we had an original copy of each one. Right. And I was blown away. I was, I had never seen her like collection before only just the ones that would go up in galleries or, you know, at showings. Right. And it just, I I was just like, holy shit. Right. And that was, is that something that kind of, you know, kind of solidified this idea that you wanted to do that was beyond what you were initially going for for college, like when you were becoming an educator, right? right? I think a lot of people just don't think it's something that you can do right. as a career. Well, I mean, your mom did it, right? She's she's yes. a quilter. Yeah, she's a a famous, renowned quilter. Mm-hmm. Helen Young Frost. Yeah, on the Queen of Quilts or whatever that show was simply quilts was she on simply quilts simply quilts was a show in the 90s on hgtv my mom was on it oh on one episode Uh, oh okay on Mm -hmm. one one episode yeah and does she still do quilting or is she at the point now where it's difficult for her to manipulate the the things she needs to manipulate for no she's quilts she's still going strong it's just the classes have slowed down because of covid oh okay so she's she's, she teaches yeah yeah Yeah. she does like trunk shows teaches she will bring her old books back into rotation because she's written so many books over the years Mm -hmm. and she'll do trunk shows of them so like Sweet Dreams is her baby quilt book. Okay. And so she'll bring all the baby quilts that she made for the book and then teach, like, talk about like techniques and and tell funny stories and kind of make it this whole performance. Yeah. She, uh, this is not a traveling thing, is it? It is. Oh, okay. Okay. My so that's why, you, that's why you call it a trunk show. Is that kind of the origin? Th- it's like you pack it all up in a trunk and take it on the road kind I of thing? I think so. I think so. And okay. she did have a trunk. But my mom, in, in right before COVID... In December of 2019, my mom went on a quilting cruise. Okay. And yes, those exist. All right. A quilting cruise. Right. If they've got Disney cruises, they got to have quilting cruises. Yeah. They've got cruises for everything. Yeah. And it's like basically you teach a you teach courses on the boat. Okay. And so women go, and men, sorry, not to assume, but mostly um, go and I don't know what activities they had on that boat, but... I was so, so relieved that my mom wasn't one of the COVID cruises. Oh, yeah. Like, looking back, I was like, damn, she just barely, she just, she <laughs> barely just escaped it. that. Right. Thank God. Right. Are there places where quilting is more popular, you think, in the world than than others? I mean, is there mm-hmm. like a quilting capital of the world? or? That's such a good question. Um, I know that 
I'm sure towns where there were. You don't have to answer that question if your mom, your mom's the expert. Yeah, right? so. I mean, I just uh, think looking back though, quilts go so far back. Oh yeah, like, and there's you can like trace them with like Amish quilts and. Mm-hmm. In uh, 2013, I went to Ireland with my mom and this kid that I was nannying. I don't know if you remember the kid that I used to nanny or the travel. I was like a whatever. Right, right. You traveled with the with, with the family. Right. The family. So uh-huh. they brought me with my mom on this last trip to Ireland to go to the International Quilt Festival of uh-huh. Ireland. And it was so cool. Right. I was blown away. They had, they had, okay, so Ireland, you know, like rolling green hills. Uh-huh. They had made this quilt that was just different shades of green and like just the way that it was stitched looked like that. It was, it looked, it was like 3D, but it's it, like almost photorealistic. It, it was incredible. Oh, wow. Quilting is not just this like patchwork traditional thing anymore. Right. My mom sticks with traditional like hand applique and like, you know, all that. Right, because, but it's it's the methods, right? Yeah, and there are using. some like really really cool artistic quilts that are just like it's it's just art. It's not meant to be worn, right? Or used, or, or used for your bedspread right. or whatever. It's not. It's it's like as as the same as a painting. Right, right. Yeah, that's really and and that's something that I think whatever medium you use, be it you know fabric or be it you know your plasticized clay or Legos even. Mm-hmm. You can come up with some really amazing ideas with just, you know, your brain. You were teaching for how many years? Five. Five years. Was there this stuff where you would teach things about left brain, right brain, and things like that, which is sort of a, it doesn't really exist. It's not really true that people are left brained or right brained. It's just an oversimplification. Mm. As far as my classroom went with sign language i i'm not sure about left brain right brain but i would there would be things opportunities for you to get really creative Uh with sign language like songs oh yeah because when you sign a song Mm -hmm. it's not word for word asl and english are not the same language they're not interchangeable the grammar is different and also asl is not a universal language if anybody is wondering a lot of people say that it's not it's american sign language there's british sign language canadian sign language there's a sign language for near almost every country not all of them but Mm. and a lot of them are very asl like right um is it would you say asl is sort of the the gold standard american sign language was taken from french sign language oh Uh, so french so yeah so let's see if i can remember this okay Sorry to bring Gallaudet, you back to college here. But. No, it's okay. This is what I would teach my students. Gallaudet went to France. He went to France to learn sign language, and he, he traveled back to America with Laurent Claire or Laurent Clerc or something. And on the way back, he taught Laurent Claire how to read English and write English. Uh-huh. And in exchange, he taught him French sign language. Okay. And so then, maybe it's not Gallaudet. I don't know. Um, and then, so ours are really similar. Right. So like the numbers are this, are this very, very close and, and, but the grammar is a little bit different, obviously. Right. right. So, the, 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 like the, the sentence structure, does it mimic what sentence structure is in the country? Like, you know how some, some countries have the verbs and things right. beforehand and things like that. Is that it doesn't, what happens? Not for American sign language. In American sign language, time goes first. So instead of like, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh. Say, tomorrow, what are you doing? Gotcha. So it's, it's pretty different. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, but with interpreting songs, where that you know, I could you see could, where that that could be problematic, right? right? Because 
like for instance i I teach my students the pledge of allegiance Mm -hmm. and there's not a sign for allegiance there's not a sign for um what's another weird word on there you know to the republic for which it stands right or yeah exactly it's like what do these words mean and what did they mean then right so instead of you know printing out the lyrics and being like okay what's the sign for this word and this word and this word you have to read the line or a few lines and be like what do they mean from this so there's always this one interpreting the song interpretation um on YouTube and she's does she does that Adele song hello uh-huh. and say hello from the other side right and she does this sign which this is just like a different perspective like so this is this person eyes and it's so it's like hello from the other side from another perspective and it's just like sometimes I'll watch the videos and understand the. Uh, the English song. lyrics better, right? The song more because they they read into it in in a different sort of way, visual way. Oh too, yeah, which like yeah. for visual learners, right? It's like yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That 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 there is sort of a context that is gained from that. That is really that's fascinating to me. And the, you were also teaching me about how we refer to those who have issues with their hearing, and I I mistakenly said hearing impaired and you corrected me and you said that we don't say that we say hard of hearing hard of hearing so a deaf hard of hearing deaf is okay to say mm-hmm. of course okay yeah yeah and you know whether somebody is deaf with a capital d meaning like culturally deaf and proud you know uses it speaks american sign language typically mm-hmm. you know or there's lowercase d deaf where people are clinically deaf they might have a cochlear implant or hearing aid right might have had speech therapy you know these are all like all possible possibilities everybody's right. different um but saying somebody's deaf is not offensive nor is hard of hearing and sometimes people will refer to themselves as hearing impaired if they don't see being deaf as like a part of their identity right right then it's then yeah then it's sure. okay but um you know for the deaf community the word impaired implies broken right so it's right. Like, there's nothing wrong with me yeah exactly i'm deaf exactly and deal with it right <laughs> so. right um i don't know if you tuned into the show that i did on ability with mm-hmm. andrew mm-hmm. but um there was some talk about using some sort of identifier like as identifying himself as autistic mm-hmm. like as a part of you know sort of not really pronouns but in a certain way is there that right. with the with the deaf community do they have that you know everybody everybody goes through life differently but some deaf people would have a pen or they would just write it on a piece of paper right or on their phone uh-huh. um but in terms of being like deaf and proud the deaf community is very very pr- right. proud very very vibrant and and lots of conviction right they're just very like because when you think about it, some of the things that we have accessible to us just right. for being hearing people, mm-hmm. deaf people have to fight so hard to get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it, Delta fl- airplanes don't have c- closed captioning on any of their TVs. Right. So deaf people just have to sit on the plane. Yeah. And, and, and here entertain themselves another way. And here's another thing as far as those types of things in games. Video games are not built for all people mm-hmm. and, and they have things for you know people with vision issues and people with they've got sort of accessibility yeah. options that mm-hmm. are becoming far more robust than they have been in history yeah which is really amazing video games and and having fun and enjoying that shouldn't be just limited 
you know, to a certain group of people. It should right. be available to anyone. Yeah. And also Xbox, Microsoft's doing interesting work with customized controllers for people who can't, you know, manipulate controllers in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I've got to think the same would, would hold true for something like sounds in a game. The sounds in a game will tell you where something is coming from, right? And how do you adapt that in, in a way for someone who is deaf? Right. The the whole left brain, right brain concept that mm. I was going to get into, which is a, a fallacy, is basically that there are certain groups of people that they use the one side of their brain more than the other, and that makes them either analytical or creative. And you know, the they say that if you're left brain, it's analytical, and if you're right brain, you're creative. And there is nothing that nothing no scientific proof that shows that we are we are you know we are, we are all brain <laughs> we are all brained right yeah. that's what it is that's just an oversimplification freud had this sort of theory with people who have obsessive compulsive disorder but he called them anal retentive mm-hmm. and what is that uh, a child is born and at certain ages they are in a phase they're their oral phase when they are between the ages of zero and one, anal when they're between the ages of one and three, and then phallic three to six. And if something happens to disrupt that cycle for whatever reason, that their behavior, and this is all completely, completely false. Right. Right. It's one of those things like the left brain, right brain thing where people basically treat it almost like it's fact because it's a simplification People still use the word anal retentive to refer to someone who has obsessive compulsive disorder, which is completely wrong, in my opinion. Thoughts? Is it is it offensive? Well, anal? I mean, I don't know. Someone who calls himself anal, I guess, it could refer to anal retentive like being neat and clean, which is what they usually, I mean, if you I say... See. But some people who say anal <laughs> these days, all mm-hmm. too frequently, are mm-hmm. referring to something of the sexual nature. Right. There's no overlap there. Yeah, I would say it just as just for giggles, but if it is in any way offensive to people with OCD, right. I don't want to use that word oh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I was diagnosed with having OCD in college, although I don't think that that diagnosis, you know, people can be wrong. I would be offended if that if I, it was like a part of my life that I was struggling with. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like anything um, where we're trying to we're trying to study something so complex as the brain. It's like we don't know everything, and mm-hmm. that's fine. That's fine. We can have theories, but we still need to do research and prove things. And 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 even then, we don't know a lot about what goes on with the electrical signals of the brain and what makes people creative and what makes people less right. creative. Right. That's you kind can of, even say that it could be, you know, like your birth chart, your astrological oh, yeah. birth chart. Okay. Like I was, I got this book called, I forget. Okay. <laughs> um, that seems like an interesting an astro- astrology <laughs> book title. You were born for this, I think. It's okay. what it's called. You were born yeah. for this. Okay. And it was showing what other, it was like so Frida Kahlo has this birth chart. These are Frida Kahlo's top three or big three, sun, uh-huh. moon, rising, and like other, other well-known people for either their art or for like scientists and things like that all of their birth charts so that you can be like oh you can can do comparisons yeah 
So and it could that, be that. So that would be based on the location of the planets. I've dabbled in some of that just because it's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I hold a ton of stock in how it's valid or, or, or applies. But I do think there's something to be said for the way the planets are aligned has to, I mean, it impacts tides, right? It impacts things on this earth, various, you know, gravitational things. Things are impacted. Why yeah. wouldn't it be, Who are why, we wouldn't to it be think the same? Wouldn't be impacted. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. And, and that's the thing. How do you collect data on this stuff? It's very difficult to, to, to basically, uh, other than just interview people and, and see how they turned out or whatever. It's comforting, though. It is. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting sort of thing. Because you could read those like I read mine and the the comparison or the you know the descriptions of what a Cancer sun and a Leo moon and a Leo rising. Right. It's me. Right. Some people will will say, you know, they try and just without even looking into it, they go, "Oh, well they're they're generalizing this and they're doing mm-hmm. that." And it's like Maybe. I mean, I, I don't see what, what, what point that has I mean, other than, you know, it's like, well, do you know? Have you read all of the astrology books? I don't think you have. Right. <laughs> I think you're just making a very simple sort of judgment based on the limited knowledge you have. I think there's less of that that needs to happen in this world. I think we need to open ourselves up for other people's, you know, what they think and listen to them. I agree. Yeah. Something that I was thinking about the need to be creative versus the opportunity to be creative is something that I'm struggling with all the time. All right. Because like the need, I have to work. People right. placed orders. They're waiting. Mm-hmm. They want me to be creative. So I need to be. Right. Which this is not a t- horrible thing to be complaining about. But when that my creativity tank is empty for whatever reason, or mm-hmm. if I'm just not feeling motivated because a human being feels things, it can be really hard yeah. to force myself. And the opportunity where it's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to draw something. Right. Or, you know, right. just like, oh, I have a free afternoon. I'm going to go to the park and paint. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. That would be one of those things where we're talking creative versus artistic artistic is the ability to take something that someone says and make it into something that you you know like based on the skills right mm-hmm. they say they want this thing and then you make it this thing however creativity is coming up with the new idea the next great thing the thing that is inspiration like like i want to think of something a unique spin on this thing mm-hmm. right yeah. i mean is that what you think yeah and really i've never made two identical things yeah. and that's mind blowing because like looking through my phone through my pictures mm-hmm. it's all my earrings it's all things and i'll go back 3 weeks and be like i don't remember even ma- that was just one afternoon that i made right. this really cool thing and it's like it's going by so fast that I'm forgetting all the things that I've done. Right. So I have to remind myself to appreciate the work that I'm doing. Uh-huh. Sometimes I will finish a pair and not even take a picture of it before I ship it. Right. It's like I have right. to be documenting this. I have to be saving everything. I think it's in your best interest from an artistic standpoint too because one, you're you're looking at what you've done, your body of work. And if you can observe something that it's like, oh yeah, I like the way I did the eggplant top in that. I think I'm going to use, 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can you can trigger some memories that will say, okay, this is a better way to do it. Right. And when you try something new and you're trying to experiment as you're making these things that are kind of standard. That's one of the great things about what you're doing is you have the opportunity to do this custom for everyone. So you can basically, it's a it's a piece of art that's not just a reproduction every time you make a piece of a pair of those, right? Yeah, every single every pair single is time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people will request things that I've already made, uh-huh. but it'll it'll never be identical. Right, you right. Know? You put your own twist on it. Yeah, yeah, because of flaws and or you know, it's crazy. This has been a, a whirlwind. Well, I'm I'm very happy for you that you found this. And Thanks. it's like it, you know, it seems like also based on what you're talking about, you come from a long line of of creative folks, of artistic folks too, you know? Yeah. Like your your parents and and um or your mom at least. Uh, does your mm-hmm. dad do anything as far as uh, artistic stuff? Does he paint or <laughs> do music or No. No. Oh my gosh, does he do any Well, he draws sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he's the worst. It's so funny. Do you know the the game Telestrations? No, is it is it kind of like a Pictionary sort of it's thing? It's like telephone, you know, where you whisper into somebody's ear and by the time it gets around, uh-huh. it's like not it's like that but for drawing pictures. And so okay. everybody has like a dry erase booklet. Everybody gets a word. Okay. They write it at the top and pass it and then the next person looks at the word flips it and draws a picture and then passes it and the next person gets the picture and my dad was always the one as then we all get our books back and we're flipping through my dad's is always where it gets stopped and then nobody (laughs) nobody knows he has this i'll send you a picture or it might actually be on my phone my dad drew a shrimp okay and, and it had no it was a bumblebee he drew a bumblebee that had teeth but didn't have any stripes Okay. So how are we supposed to know it was a bumblebee? Right. Because it had teeth. Right. No stripes. Shoes. Oh, okay. Bumblebees. They they, they like a, a casual pump with right. a modest heel. <laughs> and then on our fridge, there's a picture of a, sh- a drawing of a shrimp. And it, again, has a smiley face. Right. Oh, it's so funny. My dad is just, and he knows that he's bad. He just does right. really crude, just like rough lines and simple Right, but does he does he do it knowing that it's funny? Yes. Does he do it for humor purposes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he he did one maybe like in middle school. It's like Rachie, I'm gonna draw your portrait. Okay, so just you sit there, just keep watching, <laughs> just keep watching the movie. I'm gonna draw your portrait. Okay. I'm like okay, and like a lot of time goes by, and I'm not really paying attention. But my dad will be like, "Hold still, hold still." I'm like, "Oh, he's still going." My right. God. Right. Okay. And then at the very end, like end of the movie, he shows it to me, and it's just like a stick figure. <laughs> like, you sounds like your yeah. It sounds like your dad has an excellent sense of humor. Yeah. Actually, a good sense of humor. The creativity is involved in that too. People who are are creative in different ways, and I think that people generally associate being creative with art. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, you can be creative in other ways. And your dad doing a wonderful thing where he drew a, a stick figure and made you sit for an hour and a half <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. along with sense of humor, just to piggyback off of that, um, pranks. Oh, he's a he's old, a prankster. Old Tom is a prankster. Yeah. He and some of them were just malicious. They're okay. not funny to yeah. anybody. Like don't put he put mouse traps everywhere under my okay. pillows. All right. In my shoes, Is in the back seat when he picked up my brother's friends. Uh-huh. Whoopie cushions? Is that too? Is that too pedestrian for him? He, yeah, he will put the whoopies on the couch. Um, Hand buzzer. Yeah, he had, he had, he did. Yes, he does have an electric pen. 
he had this really realistic looking rubber snake and he got like fishing wire and um, like where his chair is in the living room right. is right by the front door. So you could see people. Um, my mom's Mormon. So we get Mormon missionaries coming over, home teachers coming over. <laughs> my dad was just like pull on the string real quick and people would just lose it. It was right. so funny. But then when it would happen to us, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. as funny. Right. One time my dad put, there was a few days my brother and I were like, there's something weird smelling in this house. So something smells weird. And I was like, I smell it too. It's like this weird fishy smell. Okay. And I can't figure out what it is. And Paul and I, just a couple of days, were like, God, I keep smelling that. What is it? And then first, I don't know how, but we figured out it was on our hands. We're like, it smell, we smell it on our fingers. What have we been touching recently? We couldn't figure it out. And so Paul, after days, are trying to figure out what it is. Okay. And it's, something some substance on all the doorknobs oh my dad put, put fish stinky sauce. stuff on he the doorknobs like fish oil or fish sauce on all the doorknobs did you did you ask him yes okay and he said fish we sauce? said dad what did you put on it and he just real quiet fish sauce <laughs> <laughs> was it like did he say it in such a way because he was caught or did he say it that like way? It just took to us be that funny. long. It took us that oh, okay. long. Okay, so he's just kind of disappointed. He was yeah. like, oh, man. Yeah. You, you needed he was a to, prankster, very you, creative prankster. You needed to take that and send it to the lab. They would have been able to tell <laughs> oh my you. God. Why would you know. he do that though? Um, to his you, wife too. Uh, yeah. I mean, have you talked to your mom? Maybe she. Maybe she appreciates that. Maybe she appreciates that sense of humor on some level. No. No. Not at all. The, I mean, the harmless pranks were fine. Right. I'm very thankful that my father didn't play any pranks on me when I was on, on his children, right? Yeah. But he and my mom, there was a, reports in the news saying that there were presents, like Christmas presents, people getting robbed at gunpoint and Christmas presents being mm. stolen and things like that. So what they did was they they lived in this high rise and they uh, got a, a the stinkiest garbage they could possibly get their hands on like scraps and manure and you know like whatever right and they got it all into a box and wrapped it up like the nicest paper really fancy job nice bow and then went down and just left it in the alley and that was what they did that's. That's great. I think those pranks, those are fun. I like those. I pranks? did that to my next door neighbor when I was living in Phoenix. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he stole he stole an Amazon package, and he had done it before. I, I very much suspected this guy, and we got a camera. And oh. so after he stole the package, we got a camera. Right. We installed the camera, put a decoy package in our front porch full of garbage with a note that said, Hey, asshole, stop stealing our packages you're on camera, enjoy your trash. Right. And then in the footage, you see him take the package, walk away. And he's my next door neighbor. So you just go like in front of our houses to cut across. Right. Five minutes later, brought back the air fryer that he stole. And he stole two packages. He put them both back. So it's like, so now you know that I know that you know that I know. But, I mean, he did the right thing after all. I mean, he returned returned the packages. What's the deal with light bulbs? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, light bulbs. Isn't that a symbol what? for creativity? Oh, or idea. It's an idea. You don't think it's a symbol for creativity? I guess it can be. Okay. Because ideas, yeah, I mean, I think there's yeah. there's some overlap there. 
Is there a difference between being creative and just saying weird random shit? Yes, there is a difference. Okay. Because sometimes people say weird shit just to get a rise out of other people. Okay. So like they'll just say things, you know, people that are always on, like always has has to have something something witty to say back, or like, you know, sometimes people just say weird shit and it's just like stop. So you think that's more of a scientific thing, right? They want to they want to test people to see what their response will be when they say something weird. Yeah. So it's not actually well, I mean, even coming up with the weird stuff to say. Like when you know, when I was when I used to oh jeez. <laughs> Where's this going? Yeah, one of my lines when I was younger, and I'm not proud of this. Um Zoinkers. Yeah. Is that what it was? No, it wasn't it wasn't that. Oh. I I would test people. I didn't like to associate or date or go out with people who were squeamish about certain, like, you know, like sense of humor sort of thing. I've got a very unique and dry sort of sense of humor. So what I would do at some sort of romantic point during the evening or whatever, like if it was a first date, I would say, has anyone ever told you that you're gentle and warm like the afterbirth of a newborn calf? (laughs) Oh my God. Why would you say that? I'm just to see, I mean, if they if they thought it was wacky and funny, they would laugh, and if they were offended, that was the, those that was kind of the response. I mean, if yeah. you didn't understand what I was saying, it's it's sort of. Yeah. I think that if you said that to me, just like in a serious, like no no preface or anything, you just said that, I would laugh. Okay. I laughed. All right, that's funny. Let me do another thing that okay. I just say that's kind of a random sort of thing, like you know how people say, "Oh, I like my." women like i like my coffee yes right what i usually say is i like my women like i like my coffee and they go oh strong or you know oh boy and i say served in a paper cup (laughs) oh damn i like that or i like my men like i like my coffee ground up and in my freezer yeah ground up and in my freezer yeah yeah did you come up with that at starbucks I think my sister told it to me. Okay. Okay. And yeah, I right. mean, I like I like that. Is she a stand-up comedian? My sister? <laughs> no, she's just weird. She's just okay. into weird shit. This is all the same sister, Sarah, the printmaker, lithographer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. She, and is that what she does now? No, she's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's working uh, some of the toughest I can, cases. I can I can see the through line there. Yeah. I can see the through line. <laughs> my Sarah iPad password is butts okay. P-U-T-T-Z yeah. and it's her like lawyer iPad and she was like one time I unlocked my iPad and looked over my shoulder and I saw somebody that like clearly saw me type that in <laughs> right, like, butts. right and it's like okay well it's so funny. what are you looking at I'm going to change it to cock next <laughs> Oh, anyway, I was gonna, I was going to talk about light bulbs <laughs> because they're the symbol of a thought that is an idea, which is also one of those things. An idea is it creative? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say it has the potential to be. Did you know who who invented the light bulb? Everyone gives credit to uh, a certain person. People say Thomas Edison, right? Oh, did you see me mouth Benjamin Franklin? No, I didn't. We got a lot of Franklin followers out there. Franklin fans. Franklin fans. The Wiggies, we call them. I don't <laughs> the know. They, the so, <laughs> them damn Wiggies and their Ben Franklin. <laughs> so itchy. Uh, yeah. They got keys on their kites. They got keys on everything. 
you drive around in rainstorms and shit. Fucking losers. I tell you. But anyway, th- there is a uh, Warren de la Rue patented the first coiled magnesium element. He's he's basically the one who started working on hmm. these things. And and actually, when we get to 1950, there are other patents that were uh, filed to basically. Uh, get into what uh, Edison finally did uh, did for his light bulb. We, these uh, these scientists did all the hard work <laughs> with magnesium, and um, but they couldn't get their idea for mass producing the light bulb, or commercial use of a light bulb off the ground. So what they ended up doing was selling all the patents to Thomas Edison, and he basically made it cheaper. But he's the one we think of when we think of the light bulb, not. Henry Woodward or uh, Matthew Evans, who were the ones who basically sold the patents to Thomas Edison, I believe in 1874. Forgot to also mention that um, John Wilson Swan was the one who basically made a really amazing, short-lasting but very bright light bulb that didn't really have any commercial use, but it was very, very bright. Innovation versus creativity difference i think it's the i mean i hate to go back to the whole artistic versus creativity thing but i think that's um it's one of those things where innovation and creative thinking and things like that are for a purpose right yes and and so which doesn't denote always creativity but i think yeah it's a part yes like for example uh i had to get creative when making my banana penis earrings okay they look like bananas peeling down and it's the bananas of penis right right no i I saw those i thought those were really cool and i and i figured out a tool i like did my tool in a weird way so that it made a certain step in making my banana penis earrings really easy right not only innovative but also a creative way way to figure it out solution right yeah right for doing something creative like making penis banana right. earrings. It's kind of it's kind of a meta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're being creative while you're being creative. Yeah, so right. it is like being to be innovative, it is to be creative, but yeah, for serving a purpose to like make something easier perhaps right. or like Right. Coming up with a creative solution is solution, is, yeah, right. Yeah. That's 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 cool. Yeah, you've got to you got to always be innovating to to keep. Well, I mean, it's it's also there's a satisfaction with also doing that. It's not like you're going to sell your banana penis tool to no. everyone it's just a technique you've developed yeah you know like and i'm not about to gatekeep and and sh- keep things from other people because yeah, yeah. somebody wants to try it oh, themselves yeah. they're more than welcome to right just right sell them yeah and it's like maybe you'll have these uh like the the quilting classes or quilting cruises maybe you'll have a oh. a cruise where you're making penis earrings that would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool yeah Creative thinking, creative writing. You know, we, we didn't even get into creative writing. But what is creative writing? You were a school teacher. You associated with other school teachers. Think back to when you were in high school, too. I just did the bare minimum. And, and just in general in high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flew under the radar. Right. Got my C average. B's. Mm-hmm. C's. I enjoyed creative writing because I could just write all the weird shit that I couldn't write yeah. when I was writing my papers for other, you know, like English classes. And I things. liked the idea of it. I like. I would like to do that now. I think when I was in high school, I was lazy. Okay. I was lazy. I didn't want to do the work unless I absolutely had to. Right. Um, Where your focus is on other things. I just was distracted. What Really what it is was I was... 
I had ADHD and I wasn't being treated for it. Right. Okay. Now I understand. Because my mom was always like, well, she's a visual learner. I got tested for having lear- a learning disability. I don't know how that didn't ever come up, but we didn't ever have health insurance growing up. So maybe that's why. Right. Probably. When I was in college, I finally got tested and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. you have ADHD. Okay. <laughs> so I re- looking back, I just, I think I didn't have anybody really pushing me. My parents just kind of i just did what i did right i wasn't failing right but i also remember you were always kind of trying to do and experience new things like with the with the play that you did with the the feminist play vagina monologues yeah but it was like something you'd never done before right yeah that was like i wanted to make friends i had just transferred from pima and i can't even remember how i think i like saw a flyer and was like this is just like in the movies. Pull a tab off the flyer. Right. right. <laughs> call the person. Right. I'm going to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. But in the auditions for the vagina monologues, depending on what part you got, you had part of the audition was faking an orgasm. Oh. And I just, and you just, you just refused. Just, oh, okay. I said, no, thank you. So, so they made me the MC, which was perfect. Right. Because you don't have to fake the, fake the orgasm. I was like, I'd rather not. I'm still, a, I'm a bit of a prude. Right. <laughs> not right. now. I drew dicks all over my paper. Right, right. Well, I mean, there's, you know, one one thing doesn't denote the other, mm, right? I right. mean, just because you're writing dicks all over or making three-dimensional. I'm like Seth from Superbad. Did okay. you watch that movie? Is that where he draws dicks all over stop. there? Right? Yeah. So, yeah. A lot stop. of people commented that on the beginning, like giving me Seth vibes. Right, right. <laughs> Okay, video Let's, games. Did you have any kids who liked video games in your in your oh, class yeah. that talked about these things like well, Fortnite and Oh my gosh, my stepson is obsessed with Fortnite. Oh yeah. And yeah. GTA. Oh, yeah. A little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you talk to him about <laughs> nailing the hookers and whatnot? I or? said I I said, "You know what I used to do when I played this? I would just pick up sex workers and kill them for their money." Right. And you would see the van shaking. Right. Right. And then he said, oh, that's cool. And he's like, I'm not allowed to do Aunt that. Rachel. He's like, my dad said I can't do that. Really? Yeah, so, he's not so, allowed to do that. He's is it, they're like, Well, no, no. What I'm saying is there's an age control. Like, you can stop that, like, with an age control. <laughs> like, you can stop people from doing that? Oh, or is it just like, it's not like he's going to do it in real life. I it's think like, it, I th- either he changed it in the settings or there's just an honor policy. Okay. Okay. And, and it sounds like he's a good kid. It sounds like yeah, he's, he's great. He's a good kid. And he's like, ah, dad told me not to, yeah. ah, not to, <laughs> not to stab the hookers. So I, I guess I won't hookers, stab the like hookers. My... I mean, he said I can run over him with the van. That's fine. <laughs> but I just can't stab them. I can't invite them into my van under the, yeah. False pretenses, false right? Pretenses. Yeah. Yeah. So, He's going to be the good kid, that one. I can tell. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So you were talking about The Sims as something that was something that allowed you to be creative, or was it something that you just enjoyed the game? Well, you had to be in creative mode for a while, building the houses for The Sims. Yeah. And if anybody knew the cheat, it was me to get infinite money. Right. So I wouldn't, instead of making them get jobs, I would just do the mother load, cheat, and get all the money, and then build them this giant mansion. Right. And that's where I got really creative, because I would design the rooms based on how many kids I wanted them to have. Okay. And then I would just kind of like the 100 babies. Baby challenge. Yeah, so yeah it was baby like challenge. that. Yeah. But um, when I was... 
14. Right. Were you just testing the, the, the program or was it something where you did the cheat just so you could you know, explore with designing the houses or things like that. I mean, it's, what was what was the what was the reason why you decided that that was something you wanted to do? Because I like to control people. Okay. I don't know, but when I first got the game, I truly just played it as I should have. I had them get a job. Right. It seemed right. really really annoying because uh-huh. it's like, first of all, we get on here kind of broke, can't buy a house, but somehow we have to have a job and then what, what are we playing right. when i'm just waiting you to, for you to get home from work right so you know i did that for a while and then i found out the cheats right and then that's when i really got like went to town i got addicted to it oh, i would yeah? i remember one time it was a weekend or something and i was like i'm just gonna play for a couple of hours okay. and then i'm gonna do my homework right and then like next thing i knew it was night nighttime right i had just been playing right. it all day so like what how many hours do you think i estimate like I, probably my max probably like six hours okay yeah yeah that's that's the thing i, I know that there are people out there who can play games for long periods of time but you know what just a couple hours for me is all i can i can take yeah usually nothing grabs me to the point where i have to play it like that yeah now i don't play any video no? games no is is that a choice or is it something that i have you know? no interest in it okay i mean because i've you... got games on my phone i've got wordscapes right right <laughs> things like that just like you know yeah. like little casual games yeah i just i well i don't have time mm-hmm and so all, it's, it's just I grew out of that. Yeah. Not that you not that growing out of it is a sign of anything, but right. I'm not <laughs> not saying that you're immature if you play video games, right. but I just like it I stopped caring. Do do you remember uh Jen? Mm-hmm. Uh the manager? Mm-hmm. And and she one day we were working and and I was talking about some video game that I was playing and then she goes, "What are you 12?" <laughs> and she is like I don't know, 10, 15 years younger than I am. I was like, uh, no, the games are fun. You like doing, I mean, it's like, yeah. And then later on, she, I think, I think she actually backed down on that one. She, she started playing some sort of game at one yeah. point and was like, okay, well, I, you know, I take that back about, about that. But I was going to tell you the story, the sim, my sim story about Michaela, when Michaela and I started dating back in the, 2004-ish area when Bash was a wee little kitty Mm. before he became old. (laughs) He's listening, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Turn his head when I say... I'm not old. When I say Bash, does he look at me? Mm, He's slow blinked back at you. He's slow blinked. She was kind of a gamer, but not like more of a, a, a... I would say a fair weather gamer. I mean, she liked to play some games, but it wasn't like it was something that she enjoyed immensely. It was something that she would enjoy playing in the moment, but then she could very easily just not play it, right? Mm-hmm. And over the period of us dating, her games, she she didn't really play a ton of games, but I remember when we were living together, I gave her The Sims, thinking that she'd really like it, that she'd enjoy doing The Sims stuff, and then I... You know, she really enjoyed the base Sims, so I got her the, the latest one. And she made simulations of us in the game, <laughs> which is always a bad news. Bad yeah. news. You don't want to do don't that. Use, but everyone does. Names. Right. Yeah. You use our names and stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, a couple weeks go by. 
one day in the morning, I'm getting up for work, and she is pissed. She is so angry at me, right? And I'm like, what? what? What's wrong? What did, I, what, what did I do? And she says, well, I died, and then you <laughs> cried for like two seconds, and then you went and played video games. I was like, uh, sorry to tell you, Michaela, that is exactly, <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. That is what's going to happen. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. So I was like, "Whoa, that's an accurate simulation." <laughs> do you think like problem solving and creative problem solving? Do you think that in games is something that's useful for students, even if it's just a game? Yeah, I think so. You I know? mean, I honestly think I don't know if this would be considered a, a video game, but when I had my Nintendo DS uh-huh. when I was like sixteen, seventeen. I had brain age. Oh yeah, I remember age. that. Yeah. And it made me so good at math. Right. I was fast. I was so fast at doing basic like addition and subtraction and right. division and multiplication. Stuff that like now I pull out my calculator an embarrassing amount of times. Yeah. For basic math, or I ask Google for I'm ashamed to admit it. So I think that I don't know, like I don't know if they're educational video games or, you know. There, there are things that they make you, they, they help you with with things. And it's it's hello, like training simulators Mavis and stuff. Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Oh, there's yeah. A, oh, my gosh. That, that's reason, so friggin' old school. There's a reason why I type 90 words a minute. Yeah. It's, it's all. Two, na- two words. Mavis Beacon. Beacon. The Sega made this uh, game called Typing of the Dead, which <laughs> was like. They like had Walking a, Dead. Yeah, or? well, it was it was a shooting zombie game. Oh, that they like, had. Sean like D- Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, thing. yeah. Or, but it was yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was House of the Dead. It was <laughs> was the series, right? That's so and it was Typing of the Dead, and it had you bought a keyboard for the Dreamcast there, and you could plug it in, and it was just zombies approaching you. I love And instead that. of a gun, you would type a word to destroy them before they reached yeah. you. So yeah, and they you know there were a couple of other games like that. There was Typer Shark, which was this um, game by PopCap. PopCap made Bejeweled, the Bejeweled mm. series, and they made the Plants vs. Zombies and Zuma and other games like that. But before all popular <laughs> and yeah. EA purchased them, they were making games like Typer Shark. Uh, and that was like one same thing where it's like you get attacked by a shark if you don't type it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember those games. They were they were like very intense for me. Yeah, yeah. I really leaned into it. I got real good at typing. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Portal? Mm-mm. Portal is a cool problem solving puzzle type game where you have a portal gun and you can basically specify where the exit point and the entrance point of any portal is. So you can shoot a portal over there underneath an object and have it fall in and then come out the portal and then there's also things like mm. you could send things through it's like it's like it's a space kind of puzzle where you're trying to figure out um how to how to get objects over somewhere or solve a certain puzzle based on where you place these objects mm. um portal and portal 2 are these games that you know a lot of people really love those games just for the puzzle solving and there's sort of an action element to it, but it's it's more about the trying to escape from Gladys, which is this evil computer that promises you a party and cake at the end. Woo! Yeah, and and it's the cake is a lie as you kind of get up and up into the levels while you're escaping. 
you find out someone has scrawled on the walls. Oh the cake is a lie. And you have this thing called a companion cube, which is just a cube with a heart on it. It's like it, it's so it's 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 got really funny parts in it. It's just <laughs> a creative, fun puzzle game. When you're talking about game dynamics, there are a lot of really creative things. And I don't want to go too long on this just because you're not a gamer, but you can you can chime in if you've ever done something like um have you ever do you remember any of the rhythm games? Did you ever play Dance Dance Revolution yeah, at the arcade? Just- just ddr yeah were you a fan um well it was fun yes it was really fun i was a fan of it Uh i got i got the ddr like mat that you can play it at home right right. i got it for my friend we like all pitched in it was so expensive it's like 50 bucks right so us in high school that was a lot of money right i got it for my friend Paige, and then like that week she tore her knee doing something so she just like never played never used it (laughs) like oh man but yeah i did like playing that i felt i got you know it's not about dancing at that point for me it's just like stepping on the things and looking like an idiot doing it because i'm so focused well right and it's and it's like uh, that's that's kind of the way rock band is and and other things like have you ever played rock band yeah a little bit yeah and it's it i think rhythm games are something where it was a creative way the the first rhythm game that's given credit as a rhythm game is this game called parappa the rapper (laughs) (laughs) parappa the rapper doesn't rhyme why would you why would you say it rhymes it was a game it was in the arcade it was basically a rhythm game where you had to match up you know match up certain movements and you were engaging in a rap battle <laughs> that's what it was and it was like this little dog looking cute little Jap- japanimation dog and everything oh, cute. yeah and it had like a cast of like you know characters it was really cool Aww. but but pretty much everyone says that that's where rhythm games came from and i would challenge that only in one way, and that is, if you're talking about matching a sound cue with a movement, I think there's something to be said for some of these Laserdisc games that we had back in the 80s, where it was, um, I don't know if you know the game Dragon's Lair or Space Ace, but it was basically a cartoon drawn by the the guy who did the Rats of Nim, Mm -hmm. uh, this guy Don Bluth, did all the the animation for for this game, uh, Dragon's Lair. And what would happen in the game, and it was really high tech back then, <laughs> was it would you'd be walking in a you know it's like a cartoon. It's walking forward, and it would show where you would need to either you know pull the joystick left, right, up, down, or press the button for the sword. And it was a rhythm thing where if you didn't get it like just right, you were gonna get the death sequence or whatever. Mm a lot of those Laserdisc games of the early days can be cited as a sort of a creative rhythm game, essentially, mm-hmm. even though technically it's not like something like Prep or Dance Dance Revolution or Rock Band or anything. So yeah. my last game thing, before I ask you, a non-gamer, a gamer question, <laughs> did you ever hear the game Katamari Damacy? No. Okay. <laughs> it is one of the most creative games I think I've ever played as far as story and and basically what you're supposed to do. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the story is you are the prince of the universe. And your parents, the king and the queen of the universe, got drunk. And what happened when they got drunk is they accidentally destroyed the universe. So 
<laughs> what they did was they sent you to the last remaining planet, which is Earth, with this ball, and you're supposed to roll up objects into this ball so they can make it into a star. It's got some puzzle elements, like you've got to, in the environment, you've got to roll up the smaller things before you roll up the larger things, and they're hidden objects in places, and then once once the ball gets larger and larger, you can get larger and larger objects, and the thing, you know, it increases in size, and so, so on and so forth. And that was one of those things where that was like, where the heck did that come from? You know? It's yeah, like, and, and the ideas, and like... I, that's that's talk about creative people that come up with these ideas for some like my fiance really was into destiny this is what i was, oh, okay. was going to bring up have you played that before yeah yeah so going all the way back to talking about deaf people mm-hmm. there was like some mission in destiny and everybody was racing to complete the mission and the first group to finish this mission was a deaf group okay and they you know the settings you can change settings for people who are hard of hearing yep. so that it's more visual cues of when somebody's surrounding oh, you okay. and it's, it can be you can use that to your advantage right you right know? yeah so i just thought that was really interesting that the, the first group won probably and potentially because they were looking at the the visual cues and not right. like focusing on what you know you obviously can't hear what hear what's going on and i'm sure for a lot of people a lot of hearing people noise is just a distraction at some point right oh yeah and you have a tendency to ignore that right there are certain like background noises and things that you can you can ignore and your brain just turns them off whereas visual cues are more obvious Mm -hmm. especially in an environment like that where you're focused on a screen Right. right Yeah, that's I can I can see that's that's very interesting. But the that's game itself is beautiful. Oh yeah, oh the yeah. Visuals and everything. It's yep. just that the the creators behind it. Bungie, are the creators behind it, the uh, makers of Halo, the original oh, Halo. Okay. Halo was then passed off to uh, another company. Then they moved on and said they're we're going to make our own we're going to make our own massively multiplayer game. The first version of Destiny was a little shaky, but then uh, I hear Destiny Two is just absolutely amazing yeah yeah okay so let me close the show we did talk a little bit about your teaching experience you had some conversations with your students about games as a part of being a teacher Mm -hmm. a high school teacher yeah the only thing i used video games for with my students was to connect with them so talking about destiny to the students that i knew also played destiny okay talking about fortnite to the students that i knew played fortnite right but very much being like Tell me why you like it because I don't know anything about it. What right. I just know about it. That's all. Right. Um, the first memory when you asked, I had a student that was obsessed with playing Minecraft on his phone. Oh, okay. And I was like, Connor, put your phone away. The phones belong in these pockets by the front door. Right. Right. Put your phone away. And he's like, I'm trying to dig myself out. I'm trying to dig myself out. And he was so stressed out. Like, it is 7 a.m. Right. Put your fucking phone away. <laughs> right. I didn't say fucking, but it's just like that's not real. You're not real. You're right. Not real. <laughs> it's it, well, on on last week's show, someone had to explain to me the whole thing about Minecraft is there's an end goal that you're supposed to like kind of do, but what you're doing is you're going on this adventure and you're mining stuff and you appear, and I've never played Minecraft. I always thought it was just Legos. That's that's yeah. what my thought was. It was did you make things? But you can die. You can fall into a, a pit of lava or you can do something and then you lose your map. <laughs> and if you lose your map, you're fucked. 
unless you have everything memorized. Yeah. Now, with that knowledge, I can say that that's probably the reason why he didn't want to lose his map. Yeah. Was his problem. That's, yeah, okay. Amongst fine. anything else. I guess I'll contact him and apologize. I apologize for your cartography. For asking you to not play video games in my class. Which is what most teachers do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in my day, it wasn't fiddle with stuff. But I did get the best videos of myself when that wasn't an enforced rule in my classroom, having the phones by the door. Oh, yeah. As soon as that, the pockets went up. All the that funny videos, all the funny videos were gone. Yeah. Is that I, something that was a that was a decision that was made by By me this, because the phones are were a big deal. For sign language, I need to see your eyes. And if your oh, eyes aren't yeah. on me, yeah. okay. what are they on? So that wasn't a school wide policy, it was yeah. a you policy. I think later it did become school wide. I okay. think everybody was gonna start doing that. Right. Um it's a great you know, say I'm taking attendance with the phones. If you don't want to be marked as present, then keep your phone. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's make it that's, their choice. Seriously, you know? that's and very the cool. Kids would put it in the pocket and then be like, "I'm waiting for a really important call. Do you mind if I just put it in your back pocket? Just don't, you know, show me that I can trust you with this kind of thing, and then right. you can have it out of the pocket, right, on occasion." So, so I don't have to deal th- with that now. Right. They say that they're expecting a very important call, and they're in high school. Is that something I should laugh about? Because that that's something I I think is funny. Like from their parents or something. Well, but still, I mean, what is so important? I mean, you know, like when we, when we went to school, <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> so when we went to school, that was not something that that happened. You went right. to school. Your your time was school, period, end of sentence. You focus on that. No other thing else other than, you know, your extracurriculars and you're interacting with your other students and things like that. And you got into some mischief here and there. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the thing, kids that have extracurriculars and like sports and stuff, they are busy. Right. I never realized how maybe because I just kind of aimed low, flew, right. like didn't really try that hard. Uh-huh. But very high achieving students that are in all kinds of clubs and sports and student council activities, they are so busy. Right. On top of having seven classes a day. No. Also do all these things. It's like that's a full time job. And then they have part-time jobs right right you know, some kids would just come in and just sleep and yeah. i would just let them sleep because if you're that tired if yeah. you're that tired that you would like fall asleep in front of a bunch of people i don't know i did that in uh, geometry class once i'm always afraid because i fart in my sleep oh yeah i just did it i didn't know i was doing it he was doing a given a lecture and this guy had this droning tone that's like everything mm. was just he was just like the parallelogram is this <laughs> well, and then we take this gram. over here <laughs> and then i fall asleep and then the whole class i'm in the front right and the whole class is like ben ben wake up ben and then i finally wake up and then i'm a little bit startled and a little bit kind of like oh is he going to be mad and he's like it's okay ben I do that in church all the time. I just went out. <laughs> That's so just nice. Did it. It's like, it's very nice. Very nice That's guy. very nice. Boring, but nice. Yeah. And then one last question. This is more of a, well, maybe a philosophical thing. Does technology open the door to creativity or does it close the door? Does it stifle creativity? Is technology something that helps people be more creative or does it stop people from being creative? I think it can I think it can help people. When I think of 
technology for just like for me and my situation i think Uh about my phone and like how much i rely on it i need it for everything that i do but it's also the main source of my distraction okay is that like like just i'll be on tiktok i'll be just like on my phone when i'm supposed to be working Mm -hmm. but if somebody wants a, a pair of earrings that have a specific type of you know, somebody asked for pumpkin boobs today. Right, right. And so I just like go up on, on YouTube and search polymer clay pumpkins. And there's always tutorials, but... You also, yeah, I mean, you also do like the pictures. Because whenever yeah. I'm coming up with my episodes, it's like I, I just search pictures over and over again. That's that's generally the thing I use my phone for is like reference photos. I Google penis at least three times a week. Oh, Okay. How many, how many? And then for boobs, if somebody says like, because it's obviously custom orders, right? Like, do you, I do pay- you try and remain true to the cup size? I, I, do, I try my best. Yeah, it's not about the cup size; it's about how they rest. Because my okay. earrings, the it's truly just the tits. It's, there's no body. So when they say I'm a 42 C, right? I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what that means, and I can look it up. But it's more where do the nipples lie are they pointing up are they pointing down right. are they outward where's yeah. the weight yeah. of the boob is it a slope i'm learning so much about breast types and breast yeah. shapes and stuff people are very descriptive and i can tell okay. I, I don't mean to be general uh, to genders right. but i noticed that women or people who identify as female are, are really really descriptive when and men order jewelry for their wives or girlfriends or, or friends or whatever it's just like very basic descriptions yeah. somebody says i'm a 36 c or like a size that i can't quite visualize because i do have like my breast molds i have i made molds for like a b cup c right. d cup e. right but if somebody says i'm a 36 h right. i if i google 36 h it'll be a, a person wearing a bra i don't want to see them in a bra i want to see their tits lying right. naturally so right. when i google i search 36 whatever the size is tits uh-huh. not boobs not breasts right tits because then it's all the porn right right and that's where you get the best possible examples well are, are they but that's the thing too i mean do they specify whether they're real or fake or anything like that or if have, it matters have you had pe- okay have you had people say that they, they, you know the oh these are these are real yeah. or these are fake because they lie differently right they're yeah so, so I did one a set yesterday that was a before and after. Oh, so okay. Their boobs before and then their boobs after breast implants, and they specified where the scars should go. And so I like oh, wow. add on. That's really cool. Scars. I do a lot of like trans anatomy, top surgery scars, T dicks, trans dicks, FTM, like trans penis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It is so cool. Because right. I'm, you know, this is all stuff that I could easily just do research right. out of curiosity, but it just hasn't come up. But this has forced me to do all kinds of research, and I just think it is incredible. Yeah. I think trans oh, yeah. people are the bravest people in the world when people trust me to make things for them. Oh, yeah. That yeah. symbolizes this huge, huge step in somebody's identity. Yeah. We're taught that that is a very sacred sort of area. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so you know, any any time that someone, you know, you trust someone with with that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it means something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's really that's really interesting. Like how detailed they get on their customization of those things. Do they ever? Sh- do they ever like send you like legit? Like, All the time. Yeah. 
all the time. I have to be careful because now I'm working out of my brother's house. Usually I'll just have reference photos up on my computer screen right. while I'm working. And the other day, my brother came home and was like, whoa, um, I didn't see anything, but my peripheral said, told me not to look in that direction. I was like, oh my God, there's tits. There's tits on my screen. Don't look at them. Right. These people right. trust me <laughs> with their tits. It's an interesting job that chose you or you chose or a little bit of both really right mm-hmm. so what does that have to do with creativity everything everything literally do have, everything do you have anything to say of the closing uh thoughts on creativity rachel just that i'm so glad that i have it yeah and that i get paid to have it right paid I, to do it right what i would tell people about it is if you're talking about artistic creativity if you enjoy it do it you're going to make mistakes and you just you just do what 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 you know what you want to do yeah. like your dad who just draws draws stick figures i mean if it's something that he enjoys bees with teeth bees with teeth and shrimp that and have no smiley stripes. faces <laughs> and if that's yeah. you know how you express yourself there's no wrong answer my name i'm going to say my name is ben because i always say my name was ben and that doesn't make any sense <laughs> so my name is ben and my name is rachel as far as you know. And we've been your hosts. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.